Who is the most underappreciated New Orleans Saint on the roster going into 2022? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always, making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me over at USA Today's Saints Wire Tuesdays on Locked On NFL and here with you every single Monday through Friday. On Locked On Saints. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends over at betonline.net. They've got more odds, lines, and props than ever before. Go and check them out. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, we're going to be joined by NFL.com's Cynthia Freeland, the one and only analytics expert. You can follow her on Twitter at C Freeland, F R E L U N D. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the New Orleans Saints. What they, what the kind of win probability outlook is according to the analytics and who the most underappreciated New Orleans Saint is going into 2022. And it's a name that's always been on the rise. So we're going to wrap up today's show with a quick look at a wide receiver you should be keeping an eye out on that could potentially find his way onto the 53 man roster, depending upon how many wide receivers the Saints keep. And we'll wrap up with a quick look and our final look at the best O-line in the NFC South based on the run game. We got all that coming up for you in today's episode. We're going to start off with Cynthia Freeman, analytics expert over at the NFL.com and what she had to say about the most underappreciated New Orleans Saint on the roster. Cynthia, such a pleasure to welcome you here on the Locked on Saints podcast. Very much appreciate you taking the time to come through and be with us today. I know you're coming hot off of the match, so we appreciate you taking the time to come through for the show. Oh, so much fun. And I'm so glad to be here. You know, I was just actually just thinking, I haven't been to New Orleans since before the pandemic. So I need to figure out a, a little bit of a trip. Maybe I'll wait until it's not like the hottest time of the entire year. <laughs> but I definitely need to get a trip down there because it's one of my favorite cities. I love everything about it. I gained 10 pounds just when I land. <laughs> yeah, that's the humidity right there. That's what that is. That's all the water. Uh, maybe coming through for that uh, that Saints and Bengals game might be a good one for you to to come and visit for because that's certain to be some fireworks right there. Oh yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> any of them are. I, I really, fair. I have never had a bad time. Not gonna, I mean, obviously, I've never had a bad time at a Saints game. So I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm excited. I was actually even there for like a Final Four, and I oh, have yet yeah. to run. I'm trying to run like a marathon in a lot of in all the different states, and I haven't run one in. New Orleans yet. So I gotta, I gotta uh, get, uh, that's where I'll pick my Louisiana one. So gotta love it. Gotta love New Orleans. Absolutely. Well, look, whenever you make the trip through, you know, you'll be welcome. You know, you'll be treated well. That Southern hospitality always oh, yeah. coming through and hoping to show you a little bit of Southern hospitality here as well. So I really appreciate you coming through for the show. Um, I wanted to start by highlighting a piece that you wrote that's up over at NFL.com. Underappreciated players, you do this annually, looking at underappreciated players from all 32 NFL rosters. Before we hit your selection for the New Orleans Saints, what's some of the criteria that's a part of the selection process for this uh, this piece? So we had to kind of draw the line in the sand somewhere because you know you could argue underappreciated means whatever, lots of different things. Mm -hmm. So it can't be a first round pick. Now I will say there was one exception to that one. And that's on the Falcons. They had their roster is not my favorite roster. So I had to kind of go with someone who underperformed then now has 
started to pick it up. So mm-hmm. other than that, that was that was the one caveat there. Um, almost never uh, first round picks, but definitely no all pros. Mm-hmm. Not too many Pro Bowls. I try to limit it to if they've been to one, like, OK, maybe. But sure. that's that's the rare exception. But they have to be guys who, nationally speaking, are not necessarily guys when you, you know, like Michael Thomas, even though he hasn't played, wouldn't qualify. Right. Sure. And James Winston. Well, he certainly wouldn't qualify. And Michael Thomas, I was a second round pick. So I guess on that regard. But, you know, he set an NFL record. So right. not going to qualify. It has to be guys that have a little less of the shine that we hear all the time. My, my favorite player on your team, he was on this list before. <laughs> I love Cam Jordan as well, but again, not qualified because they're a little, they're a little too have too many of the accolades that kind of make them more nationally well-known. Now, don't worry, Saints fans. We're going to hear about the favorite player on the team. Oh, yeah. We are going to get to that. Don't you worry. Uh, but I want to start off with this year's selection for the New Orleans Saints second round linebacker out of Ohio State. Pete Werner. Now he's going into his second year as well here. What was it that stood out for you about Pete Werner that first of all establishes him as underappreciated, but what's the production look like from your side as an analytics expert? Yeah. So when I look to see, like you can look at his 62 tackle, which was ranked number 14 amongst defensive rookies and say, okay, 14, like whatever. Mm. But then you have to remember he didn't play the full complement of snaps. So you have to say, What's the like the percentage where he was actually productive and that 8.3 run stop rate and, and, and stop rate just in general, that's really massive. Next gen stats ca- helps me calculate these, but ultimately it's like, when is he credited with a stop and super important stuff? I can then use some computer vision to say like, all right, well, what, what are we looking at here? Like this team overall, like they only allowed 208 rush yards over expected. So mm-hmm. NFL, you know, next gen stats is like, what should be expected given this down distance and in yardage and situation, which down are we on exactly why, what, what's the score, et cetera. And the Saints defense led the entire league with only 208 rush yards over expected allowed. So you're looking at this and you're like, well, what's the reason why? So then you try to attribute like singularity to, Mm -hmm. to each one. Like, so which players are responsible for that? So he exceeded the expert. He's picked number 60. So it's not even like he was, (laughs) you know, pick number, you know, 33 or, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, this is this is a guy who has exceeded expectations. And look, your girl's from Michigan. Like I clearly don't like <laughs> by, by by like virtue of my birthright. But no, I'm I'm just kidding. I actually really like Ryan Day, but I like to give them a hard time every time I can. But at the at the end of the day, when you watch the effectiveness when he's on the field and how that forecasts going forward, I mean, I have the Saints making the playoffs in large part because of everything this defense is about and can do. And he was a good addition to that and a guy who has a ton of upside going forward. So when you look at some of those things like stop percentage, what are some of the factors that go into that? Is that, you know, a certain amount of less than a certain amount of yards allowed on a run or a pass play, or is there more that goes into what that metric is? Yeah. So, I mean, look, you can stop someone, but if they gain 15 yards, like, well, that's the first down. So like, (laughs) no, thank you. But you know, it's, it's how often are you putting people in situations where they're on to the next down? So now you're, you know, it's, it's first and 10. And then now you're second and eight. That's a stop because you're still, you know, obviously you're not allowing first downs or touchdowns in that scenario. So it's really the effectiveness. It's a measure of the effectiveness of not allowing first downs or touchdowns. And mm. there are some, you know, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it. It's an effective defensive stop. Not just the fact, not all tackles are created equal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tackle someone, you know, there was a stat a couple of years ago that I think like many of your safeties, ha- your safeties had more tackles than the quarters. This is a long time ago. This mm-hmm. is a this is before, you know, Marshawn Lattimore was there. Right. Right. So it's, and, and you're like, well, that's actually kind of contextually bad 
because if your safeties are the ones doing these tackles, like then they've gotten past your linebackers. Like it's not necessarily always the best thing. So not all tackles are created equal. So this metric aims at how effective are you when you do that tackle? Is this a tackle that actually stopped the progress of a first down or a touchdown? Or is it a tackle that just, it just shows up in the tackle book Mm -hmm. and, but they gained, you know, 25 yards on the play. I'm exaggerating. No, no, but that makes a ton of sense. And and one of the things that I know, you know, we look at sort of the scouting process for the New Orleans Saints and what it is that they like about particularly linebackers. They like those hard nosed, more built up linebackers, six foot two, six foot three, as opposed to maybe the modern day Philadelphia Eagles linebacker, for instance, that like could also be a safety. Like they really like those guys that can sort of be all around. You look at his film and of course, film and analytics are you know tools right to use to yeah try to complement one another right you look at the film you certainly see that and it sounds like the analytics absolutely back that up as a part of his game as well yeah the whole point is to have things be in context right Mm -hmm. like you can't just like take you know obviously like you see some you see some great play some players i guess when you see it with your eye it's very easy to see like you Mm -hmm. can you can tell that michael thomas was having a really good year like you it would be pretty hard not to tell that Sometimes with linebackers, especially, it can be really hard to see the impact that they're having, especially if you don't like if you've never played linebacker or you don't know what the assignments are. The NFL in general in the middle of the field is changing. Like you're seeing all these different strategies to use like six defensive backs or at least Mm -hmm. five on many plays. So, you know, it changes what the linebacker is supposed to be doing in that scenario. So the, the point is, is that you know, it's a, he's kind of like a bit more of like a throwback linebacker than yeah. he is. like a, like a, you know, he's more like, like 10 years ago, maybe you would have seen these nasty tackles or you would have seen more of what he does as like super visible to your eye. Now you have to watch it in the context of like what he's allowing the other guys to be able to do because he's taking care of his assignments. So that's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, like linebackers, I will say, you know, in learning how to watch football, linebackers remain to be to me to be the the most difficult position to completely understand because a lot of teams are now using them in completely different ways throwing your girl off whatever. <laughs> all right y'all more with nfl.com analytics expert cynthia freeland here in just a moment going to speak a little more on a previous uh our, our underappreciated new orleans saint and we're going to talk a little bit more too about how she expects the new orleans saints to perform in 2022. We got all that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at BlueNile.com where you can celebrate all of life's special memories. So if you're looking to create a custom engagement ring for the woman of your dreams, maybe you're looking for uh, a giving a gift that's a timeless kind of classic and a timeless jewelry piece, well, they've got you all taken care of and they're going to do it for you over at BlueNile.com at the prices that you won't find at a traditional jeweler. So whether you're ready to pop the question, because they have a fantastic gallery collection, by the way, which is really, really beautiful, or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find whatever it is that you're looking for. Find that jewelry piece as unique as the person that you love with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. No matter what you're looking for, they also have experts on hand. Jewelry experts are on hand 24-7 over at BlueNile.com. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners also get $50 off of purchases $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings, by the way, of course, you know, if anybody tis the season, if you will, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, that's code LOCKEDON, uh, plus 
Every order is insured, it ships direct, and it arrives in discreet packaging so that it won't give away the surprise that's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. And I also want to tell you a little story about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is the number one place that I go for any of my auto parts needs. In fact, I just got back, literally, as I'm recording this, just got back from the auto shop, bought a side view mirror that needed to be replaced on my car, went to a shop, well, had it shipped, first of all, bought it through rockauto.com, had it shipped at like half the price of what the quote was over at the auto shop. Then I took it to the auto shop and said, okay, now change it. I paid like 50 bucks. They changed it. And then I was out the door in less than 45 minutes. Didn't have to wait days for them to get the part in or anything like that. I was able to do it on my own timeline and on my own convenience. That's why I love rockauto.com. So whether you drive a Ford or a Fiat, a Dodge or a Daewoo, doesn't matter. You're going to be all taken care of over at rockauto.com with their extensive and user-friendly collection and uh, just sort of selection of parts, pieces, and accessories that you're going to find instead of having to pay 30, 50, sometimes even 100% more than what you're going to find over at rockauto.com if you go to those you know stores. So don't, don't do all that. Just head over to rockauto.com today. Let them know what it is that you're looking for. Don't forget to let them know, though, when you get to your checkout that Locked On sent you, but right in Locked On in the How'd You Hear About a section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. So wherever it is that you find the show, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with the daily content Monday through Friday. That's our off-season schedule. Nothing is changing. I'm moving later on, and I'm still going to give you five days a week. Watch me. Watch me do it. Okay. Um, I also want to tell you about our listener survey, LockedOnPodcastsPlural.com slash survey. Let us know what you think about the network what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear more of, how you watch, all of that. Let us know what you think about the Lockdown Podcast Network and what we can do to better serve you, those of you who helped build this network, because you absolutely did. So go check it out, LockdownPodcasts.com slash survey. Now, Cynthia Freeland, we're not done. We had a lot of fun here having a bit more of our conversation around underappreciated players. Somebody that was a previous underappreciated player that is one of Cynthia's favorite New Orleans Saints, and also talking a little bit about how these Saints are going to look in 2022, and Cynthia believes in the New Orleans Saints, and she's going to tell you why. Does the the impact, well, you mentioned the five, six defensive backs. Of course, usually when that happens, that means fewer linebackers are on the field. So that changes everything in terms of their responsibilities and what you're trying to gauge from them, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, that makes a ton of so sense. You have to factor in, like, what was the strategy? Mm-hmm. You know, again, I said, not all tackles are created equal, right? Like, not all stops are not all even interceptions are created equally. Like, you know, all of these different metrics, like, you know, when I look at like a Cam Jordan, for example, like his is the most, one of the easier defensive positions to understand, go get quarterback. (laughs) Right. Right. But, but he also, you have to also see like, okay, well, what does he do on a running down? Like how do they, these are things where it's like, okay, you have to account for the fact that they're each player is one is 9% of what's going on, right? There's 11 mm, players. So right. You've got a little over 9% for each player. And you know, it does actually matter if you're creating space in the middle of the field, we've seen an increase in pass catching tight ends. There's one in, there was one in Tampa Bay last year that they clearly, the saints figured out how to stop, right? Like there's a, they're, they're all over the league that the way that slot, the slot is now a completely yep. different value proposition than it was just five years ago. So if you're looking at defending the slot, that's the middle of the field. 
So the linebackers and the, the anyone who's in the middle, safety corner, whoever you're going to put in that in the strategy has to, it all has to be aligned. So it's an interesting, it's, a, it's really interesting. And I'm, I will tell you, I've not said his name yet, but you know, my, that other player that plays with him, that is, might be the one that I may have made mention to. It does help that he gets to learn from a guy like that because no one has been in my, in my opinion, in my, in my math, no one has adapted to the changing requirements of linebacker more than Demario Davis, who ah, by the way, there is. is all pro, which why he couldn't go on my list. <laughs> so Demario Davis has been on your list before, He's but of course, that's great. So you've watched him. I mean, year after year, we've seen him now with the New York Jets, the the, the Cleveland Browns. We're moving to Demario Davis now, and, and now within the New Orleans Saints. Do you still like he has the all pro, but does it still feel like he's a little bit underappreciated, maybe from he's the national scope of things? He's definitely underappreciated from like a like un, like I said, he he unfortunately you had too many good people on your team that did fit the criteria, <laughs> had like their which is a compliment, and that's yes. a good thing. It's, <laughs> it's not it is a bad thing if I am picking a first round pick on your team. I don't mean to throw shade at the Falcons, but oh that, please, you're welcome to throw shade at the Falcons here. <laughs> But, but that's not long. a good thing if I'm having to cat my one caveat is your team. So, right. you know, look like he DeMario Davis is completely underrated, completely underappreciated. But I think at least from the all pro to me, that's the best honor you can get. Those are actual football people getting it. So, I, I mean, I ha- and I have to stay a little true. At least that's the one rule I can't like really break. That's right. Fair. Yeah. But, you know, all pro. OK, like at least the people who know have already voted you into it. Absolutely. Well, hopefully the uh, the sort of depth as well as the uh, trust that you put into Demario Davis, we now see here with Pete Werner being named. Maybe he ends up, you know, having a similar career trajectory as well. If there was one piece of his game, Pete Werner, that you would say to watch to improve in 2022 is there one that jumps out in particular well you have different safeties right like i Mm -hmm. mean when you have a guy like malcolm jenkins retire who was like you know we all we always talk about like the leadership and what you do like you know leadership and what you can teach like malcolm jenkins telling me where to go i don't have to think twice i just (laughs) right Right. like if malcolm jenkins were to give me some advice the answer there would be no thought just tell me where to go you got it bro like and they're going to have to, no matter what, you don't have that presence anymore. I don't care who's there. My mm-hmm. my point is I'm not throwing, there's no, nothing to be said about, but he's just, this is not a guy who's easily replaced. Easily yeah. replaced. Like it's it just, he isn't. So I think the responsibilities in the middle of the field, like we talked about and the spacing is going to be a bit different this year. Okay. And I, and I think that that's like, Oh, it's all good. Like they, like, you know, they have time and they have improvement. And this is not a bad thing. It's just something that I think that will look different. And I think you'll probably see some more modern elements be put into Pete's game, meaning like he'll probably drop back into mm-hmm. space a little bit more than we've seen in the past, which is like, I think he's fully capable of doing. I, I haven't seen their, their, you know, I don't know their playbook yet, but we haven't seen anything from that. But I can imagine that given the changes, you're just going to have to con- reconfigure a bit of that space. So, you know, I, I, I don't think, I think this is something he's fully capable of doing. Like, I think it's going to be pretty cool to see how he he grows into that because you're not moving to mario around you know what i mean you're right. just not 
Right. Absolutely. Like <laughs> absolutely. No, he's, he's got his spot for sure. They know what they're doing with right. him. They know what they're doing there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the New Orleans Saints have shown that they very much trust and like Pete Werner. We're hearing it now from the one, the only Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Locked on Saints. Talk a little Pete Werner and beyond. We appreciate you so much for taking the time and coming through. Got it. When you're in the playoffs, I would like everyone to notice that I put them there early because <laughs> I, on game day morning, the number one thing that I beat my coworkers on is picking the Saints. And I, mm. like for two years, I've had to lone wolf and the Saints have come up big for me in both of them. So there you go. Don't be surprised when you're in playoffs because I said so. Now, now you you do uh, win projections as well. What was your where were you set in terms of your win projections for the Saints? And what does that mean in terms of like that playoff appearance for them? Yeah, wild card. The, it, it's going to be hard in general. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Bucks have a pretty decent schedule. So I have you guys as a wild card, but I, I, I like it. And honestly, once we see what happens in some of this, like. I'm really excited to see. I can't remember what number. I know you're in my top 10 mm-hmm. of offenses. I can't remember if it was, it's like, let's call it seven. I'm sure I could look it up or whatever. But yeah, you know, I, I, I think this is going to be a really special offense to watch. I'm excited to see. Obviously, I really would like Michael Thomas to come back to like bring my vision to life. But what I'm imagining <laughs> now from, you know, from all of the the additions and like, wow, it's going to be think it's going to be very fun and i'm like i'm excited to see what happens and i i'm you know like i said i would really little asterisk there we need a little michael thomas to come back yes of course. <laughs> now okay g- good conversations are always hard to end so i i i, I just want to highlight something that you just mentioned new orleans saints offense in the top 10 of offenses looking back just a couple of months ago i just want to highlight how different and sort of the change the sort of regeneration of what that personnel is now that they end up in that ranking in terms of a top 10 offense because a couple couple months ago we wouldn't be talking about that no no you wouldn't at all um you know obviously when you look to see like all right what are the what are the things that matter i mean i i think people sometimes forget about the value of the o-line and how you have to take care of that in order to make everything work then Mm -hmm. you need to also be able to spread the field but also have a you know obviously the Pass catching running back is a really special and important thing. And that only works though, if you have the O-line that can support it and that you can stretch defenses. So you're not just like using a stacked box all mm-hmm. of the time, right? Like, because facing a stacked box, no matter, I mean, I get it, Derrick Henry, but then we see Derrick Henry get hurt. Like it's, it, it just, it's a bad value proposition for, for everyone. If you can't create space for your offense to work. So, I mean, the draft, the free agency, and then like, you know, early free agency and then later free agency. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm reading all of these reports on how happy all of the receivers are. And, you know, that's not the report we heard this time last year about receivers right. in New Orleans. So, you know, they're happy. They're excited to work with Jameis. Maybe it's all smoke, but I don't think so. Like, I, I just, I don't see any, like, it's June. Why do you care? Like, right. why would you even <laughs> say anything if you're not happy? You know, like, why, why? It's a strange thing to lie about. So I, I think it's not a lie, right? So, yeah, <laughs> kind of how I view it. Cynthia, we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to come through. This is a phenomenal conversation. Hope to have you back on sometime soon. Anytime. And you know I love it. Yeah, I love it. I appreciate it. Now Thanks I so much. Ben Hay. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, you, we'll make sure we get you on when you come to New Orleans, all right? <laughs> Once again, huge thank you to NFL.com analytics expert Cynthia Freeland. Make sure you follow her on Twitter at C Freeland, F R E L U N D. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Cynthia, for taking the time to come through. Looking forward to seeing her back on the show here in just a few weeks. Okay, coming up next, a wide receiver that no one's talking about that you need to know about 
on the New Orleans Saints. We got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, it's my pleasure to tell you about our friends over at betonline.net. The Warriors have evened up the final series 1-1 with the Boston Celtics. There's another game coming up on Wednesday. How are you feeling about the series? How are you feeling about that game? How are you feeling about finals MVP? You can bet on it all over on betonline.net. They have everything that you're looking for, including how many games uh, you can get, uh, you know, player props for each game, whole bunch of stuff there. And if you don't like betting on basketball, totally fine. You can get in on some end of season awards looking ahead to NFL futures. You can get in on over under for rookie production in 2022 in the NFL. There's also UFC, MMA, boxing, esports. Everything that you can imagine, Bet Online has you covered. So head over to the website today, use your mobile device or your laptop so that you can check out all of the trends and action over at the uh, Locked On's exclusive betting partner, but also the number one source for all your sports wagering information. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's get it, Houdet Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a quick look at one wide receiver that no one's talking about that you should know more about. Now, I've talked about him before here on the show, but hey, not everybody catches every show. So I want to just quickly before we dive back into and wrap up our best offensive line conversation in the NFC South, remind you about Dejon Dixon. Dejon Dixon, the wide receiver out of Nichols State, you're going to hear a little bit more about him tomorrow. We've got Emery Hunt joining the show from CBS Sports HQ as well as Football Game Plan. We talk a little bit about the sort of infusion or injection of local talent on the New Orleans Saints roster, particularly at wide receiver. And Dejon Dixon falls under that category. You know, six foot three, 200 plus pounds, uh, you know, a solid blocker. And he's one of those guys that's coming from sort of this. Uh, this UDFA get it from the mud type of a situation, right? To where he's going to work and work and grind and grind and grind. And he's the guy that I'm waiting for. Remember Emmanuel Butler a few years ago where he just like took the top off a of camp and everybody got super excited about him, but then he got in the preseason and things just didn't really seem to work out for him and all that. I think Dejon Dixon is going to be the first half of that with better production on the back end of that. And if the New Orleans Saints decide that they're keeping six wide receivers, if Dejon Dixon can show that he can be a value in the blocking game, he could potentially trump Traquan Smith. It's a reality, right? If he's able to show that he can use that big six foot three frame and he's able to use that big 200 pound 50 50 ball build and he's able to, you know, show that and all of that and be able to contribute as a blocker, if the Saints decide to keep six wide receivers, he could be that six wide receiver. Another name to watch out for would be Aesop Winston in case the New Orleans Saints want another deep threat to go along with Chris Olave and Deontay Hardy. And they kind of want like three big bodied guys in, let's say, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and um, Marquez Calloway. And then you get the three speedy deep threats in Chris Olave, Deontay Hardy, and Aesop Winston. Not a bad makeup either. But with the New Orleans Saints consistently leaning towards the bigger build of wide receivers, we'll see if that prototype starts to change post Peyton. But as of right now, they have the options on the roster. And Dejon Dixon out of Nickel State is definitely one to keep an eye out on, especially as we get into training camp and we start to see things get a little bit more, you know, 11 on 11 drills and full contact drills and things like that. That's where his physicality is really going to stand out and take center stage. And that might be the place where he puts up some pretty convincing performances that get him a lot of opportunities in the preseason. And finally, we're going to wrap up our look at NFC South offensive lines. And we're trying to project ahead here a little bit, but taking a look at the run game. And now I mentioned, you know, 
Atlanta and Carolina are out of this conversation, right? It's really between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if we look at the run game, there are some assumptions that we have to make, but this is so tight between these two teams. So the way that I did this was that I broke things down by position, runs to the left tackle, runs to the left guard, runs to the middle left and right for center, runs to the right guard, runs to the right tackle. Anybody that just heard me say that, that coaches offensive lines, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry because I know it's not that simple, but this was the easiest way to break it all down, get averages and things like that. Sometimes a run goes to the B gap when a left guard is pulling. So if that ends up being a negative play in a misdirection, that's not the left guard's fault because the left guard was told to pull to the opposite side of the field and it was up to the left tackle to then make the, you know, to set the edge or whatever. And so because of like little things like that, this is an imperfect system, but it's a good starting place and it puts every one of these players on the same sort of uh, criteria so that we could talk a little bit about how impactful they are in the run game. So I had to project two things in this. The first one was for the New Orleans Saints at left tackle. Obviously didn't use their rushing stats from last year. I used University of Northern Iowa's rushing stats from last year running behind Trevor Penning. So we'll have to sort of hedge a little bit based on the fact that you're taking a jump to the NFL level. However, made a similar uh, assumption over on the Bucks side at left guard because Aaron Stinney didn't play but 52 snaps last year. So not enough to really look at there. And Luke Gadecki, who is the collegiate right tackle that the Bucks could move to left guard, how are you going to take his production in the run game at right tackle and translate it to left guard? So I kind of just had to assume an average of 4.0 yards there, right? A little bit above average, uh, but not like super good production at all. So when I look at all this, just to go left, I'll, I'll compare them Saints and Bucks by position. So left tackle, the Saints 4.6 yards per carry. That's how much um, that's the average yards per carry that you and I got behind uh, Trevor Penning in 2021. At left tackle with Donovan Smith for the Bucks, uh, 4.3 yards. So advantage Saints in that case. The left guard for the New Orleans Saints, 12 rushes, 48 yards behind the one and only Andrews Pete. And again, it's loose, right? But still 4.0 yards on that average. I assumed a same 4.0 yards at left guard for the uh, Tampa Buccaneers because, again, I can't rightfully take. I'm already kind of bastardizing the uh, run game for anybody that coaches offensive lines right now. And so I'm not about to take projected stats from right tackle and then apply them to left guard. I'm sorry. I want to keep my job. Uh, <laughs> at center, the New Orleans Saints, third, uh, sorry, 88 rushes, 383 yards behind Eric McCoy using only the games that he played. 4.4 yards per carry for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was 4.5 yards per carry behind Ryan Jensen, who played the entire season. At right guard, the New Orleans Saints, 26 yards for 111, 26 carries for 111 yards, 4.3 yards per carry behind Cesar Ruiz in the, um, in the games that he played at right guard. Remember, he played the first handful of games of the season at center. But the thing that was really interesting about watching is that you saw a lot of like two rushes, two yard games early on, two rushes, two yards, one rush, three yards, stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, they kind of started to boost like, five rushes, 49 yards, stuff like that. So you saw the run game start to click in that direction. I'm not going to say for Cesar Ruiz, but there's a lot of faith in Cesar Ruiz right now. And so I just want to highlight that there was there was an uptick in rushing production to uh, that side of the ball and specifically behind him. Uh, however, at right guard, Shaq Mason, who I was able to grab the Buffalo numbers from and then apply to uh, what the Bucks might be looking at going into 2022, 4.8 yards per carry there. And then for the Saints at right tackle, 4.4 yards behind Ryan Ramchek in the games that he played for uh, 
uh, Tristan Wirfs, a, a, the worst out of all of these, uh, 3.9 yards per carry. So the averages amongst all that were New Orleans Saints, 4.34 yards. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 4.3 yards. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you do? These two teams are so tight in terms of the production that they had last year and trying to project it into this year. The Saints have better potential in terms of draft position, and the Saints have better potential in terms of years cumulative in the system. But big question mark at left tackle, big question mark at right guard, the Bucks, big question mark at left guard, big question mark at right guard, right? How well is Jack Mason going to fit into their scheme as opposed to what he came from, which is Buffalo's scheme? Uh, are the defenses in the NFC East, or excuse me, AFC East worse than the defenses in the NFC South? Yes, they are. They're terribly, terribly different. Uh, so how does that impact a guy like Shaq Mason coming in, right? So I think the thing is, is you kind of have to take this away and say, what are your biggest question marks and how confident are you in the, each of these teams' ability to answer them? And Bucks fans are going to feel really good about their chance for their team to address all of their question marks in a positive way. Saints fans are going to feel really, really good about Saints' ability to do all of that. But I got to tell you, if you ask me, I think I give the edge to the Saints. People are going to hate me for doing that because it's going to feel like a homer take because here I am saying, well, Saints fans are going to like this. Bucks fans are going to like this. And now here I am saying, well, you know, the Saints are going to have the better situation here. But I just simply think the Saints are going to have the better situation here. That's my take. All right. Coming up tomorrow, Emery Hunt at F Ball Game Plan on Twitter, CBS Sports HQ Football Game Plan. He's coming through. Ah, I'm so excited because we got Louisiana boy, Louisiana boy, ready to have this conversation about this New Orleans team. And uh, he's going to tell you why he believes that the New Orleans Saints are not just going to be a team to compete within the division, but might walk away with it. So we'll have that coming up for you tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. I appreciate you as always for coming through and making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out Locked on NFL. All the news around the league that you need in less than 30 minutes. You can catch Luke Braun and I live later on today over in the Locked on NFL YouTube page and the podcast will be posted, of course, everywhere that you get your podcast. As always, y'all, thank you so much for making me a part of your day, a part of your routine. I'll see you tomorrow. For everything you need around these New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.